You are listening to the weekly podcast of Transformation Life Church in Muskegon, Michigan. We pray you enjoy today's message. Oh, I put it right here. See, I brought in a guitar case. And Jimmy's like, yeah, buddy. Well, this is my instrument. This is something I like to do. This is something I would take time with for myself and go do. And I would relax. And I would, you know, it's my alone time with God sometimes. He, he talks to me in the strangest ways. Maybe it's not strange, but to me it's, it seems like, you know, People are reading the Bible and they're talking to him. I'm living life with my kids and my family and stuff. And he'll, he'll make me cry. He'll break me right down to cry. And uh, so this is something I like to do. This is my alone time. This is where I, 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 like to just, I like to use my instrument. I will tell you it's not a washburn. It's not a guitar. Remember, this is an empty vessel, right? Empty prop. You're not going to get this at all churches. Do I have your attention? <laughs> now, I, see, this is a touchy subject. This is where it gets, it gets me because I don't want to offend people. Some people go, it's that. Ah. You know, anyways, let's not get into that. Anything inside of it is gone. It cannot work as it's built for. Okay? It resembles... A rifle, right? Some of us resemble Christians, but we don't have the internals to make us a Christian. It doesn't mean the internals can't be put in or applied. It doesn't mean that we can't work for the internals and get them in us, right, Jimmy? Right. You're right. It's like, I'm scared now. You're right. <laughs> There's too many. I've met some. I even know pastors. Lord, why am I going this way? I'm already straying. I try to put bullet points so I can stay within it. And I'm going to try, okay? Bullet point. You didn't have it. You didn't have it. Uh, oh, Lord, help us. So, before I go any farther, 
we have some sweatshirts and stuff that's been ordered that hasn't been picked up, right? So if you have any sweatshirts that you've ordered or clothing, please see Randy after church. And um, also, Jimmy, or, or uh, Scotty, can you come up for a minute? I had forgot about this, so we'll get back to this in a minute. Scotty is in a singing competition, correct? Yes. And you want to play that little video, May 20, 30 minutes, 30 seconds? There's Scotty. Hello, everyone. My name is Scotty Killian. I am 34 years old, and it is a blessing and an honor to be putting up a video on you guys' music. It's nice to see a Christian platform, and uh, I am doing Amazing Grace, a little bit different than probably what you were all used to, and since I am a backup drummer for my church, what better way to keep the beat than bring out the bongos? So, hope you enjoy. Amazing Grace Oh, how sweet the sound That saved a wretch Wretch I be So, Scotty, correct me if I'm wrong But you can vote Each of us can vote on this And for a dollar a vote Right? It's a five dollar minimum uh, that you have to pay, and then you can decide with that five where you want the money to go. Now, they break that down, though. So every dollar that is voted to me, 20% of that dollar comes to the church. Now, 20% comes to me, but 20% of that goes to the church, and then the rest goes to the organization. So, so tell us a little bit about the organization. Basically, they've been doing this for about, this is the third year going. And so what they do is they take, right now there are over 200 people in the lineup. Uh, as of right now, it's in the first showcase of the season. So what happens is, from the 22nd, which was Saturday, this past Saturday, till May 7th is the first round. And what they're going to do is they're going to take those 200 and some odd people the ones that are in the top 50, the top 50 votes moves to the second round. Then they're going to drop that 50 down to 25. And then in the third round, probably about 15, not only is it your guys' voting, but if you don't get a judge's vote on your voice and the singing, you're out. Okay. But if you get, if you make it through that, the top five people go to uh, Texas, and you do a song that you've written, and you sing it, you perform it, and then if you win it, you get a day recording voice in Nashville, a video wow. day recording in Nashville, you get money, and you get a recording contract. You get to go all the way. So, yep. So, we can find that on our Facebook page, right? Transformation Life page. Facebook page, uh, you can get a flyer from us. There's a barcode. You can scan it. takes you right to the site with all the information on how to get you there. There are also, if you go to You God's Music uh, on um, YouTube, 
You can see the video there, but also you can see it if you go to yougodsmusic.org. Awesome. So if you want one of these, see us after church. We'll get you one. See Scotty and his beautiful brain. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Let's, uh, let's, let's support our own, see? And the church gets a little bit. It's always a good deal. All right, let's get back to this. See, I opened my, now you think that I did this for, right there in, as a sticky note, say, see Scotty. So if I didn't open my book, I want to follow him. So anyway, back to this. I built this myself. I know some gunsmiths, and they've helped me do some different things, and they did it to my specifications that I've done. And I like, I like to shoot. To me, I love to hear, hear the sound of steel go ping, <laughs> ping at long distance. I love it. I don't know. It's just, it's, and, and this is something where you might spend four hours and shoot 20, 20 times. It's nothing radical. But for me, I've, I've taken this out 800 yards. Eight football fields, think about it. That's the product I've got right now. And I, I do it in, in, in places where you have to pay to do, and you've got officers there watching you over, you know, and I'm not, I'm not some goofball. You know, please, please don't think that I am a goofball, but not that goofball. Yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute. And uh, so, but I've taken it out 800 yards and um, on six-inch steel. So... Yeah, 20 out of 19 times, or 19 out of 20 times. So, you know, and it, but, you know, this is a, is a release for me. It's just something to do. It's a release. And um, at 450 yards, I've done an inch and a quarter group, which means at 450 yards, you can take a quarter, and I put in five shells, five bolts within a quarter. Now, I only tell you that because... What I want to talk about today is the words that come out of our mouth. Uh, now you're seeing a correlation, aren't you? Now you're seeing it. Now you're seeing it. You know, the words out of our mouth can either give life or they can give death. Right? And I'm actually going to show you how Jesus, never mind, we'll get, I'm getting advanced, but. I'm going to show you a little bit where, I'm going to turn this all around. You'll see it. You'll see it. Is that but um, I'm going to explain to you how how the Lord one day when I was shooting this, I was out having my alone time and how he talked to me one day. And, uh, hmm. give me a second. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, when I'm out shooting, I need to know, there's a couple things I need to do when I'm out practicing. There's, there's the whole, there's a whole mathematical equations. There's a whole understanding the rotation of the earth because anything after 600 yards the earth's rotation comes into place 
when, it, when you're making these kind of shots. And to put it into perspective, if you're shooting 1,000 yards and you're shooting due east and you zeroed it in for you had a dead, dead shot at 1,000 yards, if you immediately turned around to the other, other side and shot due west, your shot would be 10 and 3 quarter inches high by the rotation of the earth. So, and I tell you that because this is, when we're talking to people and we're using our words that are coming out of our mouth, we need to know the distance that they're going to travel. And where we meant them to go, it may not hit where we wanted them to by the distance. So we also need to know our target, size, distance, but not only that, we kind of need to know the weather. The moisture in the air works like brakes on a bullet flying through the air, okay? The humidity does strange things. Raindrops are awful. But we need to know the weather barometric pressures, density of air for that calculation. So in doing this, parallel need to people. Do we know the environment that, are, that we're t the people that we're talking to or dealing with or on an everyday basis are in? We don't know if they came out of a situation and what we might say may offend them. Okay? We don't know where, what words that we could use would offend them and cause them great hurt for a long time. If I raise the hands, how many of us can think of back when we were, let's say, middle school age? Somebody had said something to us and we can remember it today. Okay? Right. So your words are, things that come out of your mouth will last a long time. I know preachers who have told people that their lives wasn't worth much and it killed them. I know a preacher, I was there next to him, he said to the person, because he was in jail, you were an ex-con, who will believe you? Right. Words that we use have power. When God, you go back to Genesis 1, God spoke into existence everything we have today. Our earth, our size, our, our seas, our grass. Goes right down through Genesis 1, right? Did he not make us in his image? Right? So if we had, were made in God's image, he's our own. I mean, I made some little images. They're right there, Isabel and Alec, and you know, they're my kids. They're kind of like some of our own image. He acts like me sometimes. But, you know, and, uh, so, you know, I'm trying to be a little funny in the, in the seriousness here. but We have to watch what we're doing. 
especially I'm going to exclude you, you, you visitors if you stay here, but the body here, we're, we're trying to get Muskegon's worth it. We've got this shirt that says the one, okay? All about the one. I was going to wear my shirt that said the revival shirt today, except the Lord changed my shirt today too. Because we're after the one. And if we can't act like Christians and be filled with the Holy Spirit, where people can see that we're filled with the Holy Spirit and know it, not an empty chamber, we'll never reach the one. We'll never reach, reach the one. So, fast forward a little bit. Say I'm out in, into, can you put up that first? Yes. When I'm shooting, when I'm out, spend time with me. You know, there's a lot of times I, I sit in the car and I'll, I'll actually, I'll, I'll, I'll pray a little bit. And I don't, my wife doesn't know much about this. I don't talk to her much about it because it's kind of my thing, you know. I got to know my target, right? I've got to know my range. I need to know the bullet that I'm shooting, what coefficient it is, what diameter it is, what weight it is, what ballistic coefficient it has. Um, trigger. need to know what weight my trigger is. I can set the weight for different things in the rifle. And I, for my best accuracy, I lay prone. Now, if you take prone, this is what I want to talk about a little bit. Prone or prostrate. Prostrate in the Bible is a way of laying down humbly, face down, praying. Okay? So if I'm prone, and this is, I, I got tears. If you did a DNA test on that gun right there, I've got tears and snot on it from when this was revealed to me. I'm laying, and I, I was done. I couldn't, I couldn't hit anything after that. I just couldn't. It was done. Because the Lord just wrecked me. But at that point, I'm laying prone. So if you see the number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, they're not in different order, but I'm laying prone and I'm praying. The rifle is the scripture or the word of God. Or you consider it of a sword. Okay? The trigger now becomes your mouth. The bullet becomes the word that comes out of your mouth. The range is where people are in life, what they're dealing with. You know, there's, there's a guy, a friend of mine, I'll say Paul. Paul's known me for a long time. There was a point in time in our life where he was, he'd be wearing a sweatshirt, and I could say something to him, you know, like, well, whatever, you know, something, thinking something. But depending on where he was in our life and at that time of friendship, I could say that exact same thing to him, and he'd get mad at me. Is that the truth, Paul? So we need to know our people and their life where they're at. And the target would be the individual or the, the topic that we're talking about. But, no, I'm laying over my gun, and this is being revealed to me, right? I'm laying over there prone. I mean, I'm flat out on my belly, head resting here, barely looking, you know, and it reveals to me, let's take one, praying the word for the words that come out of my mouth that the individual I'm talking to in his lifestyle is right. Do you see it? 
And I said, oh, Lord. People wonder, they say, how come you don't talk much? Oh, I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing. Because I'm just a redneck, you know, as you can see. As you can see. You know. I'm going to digress a little bit before I'm going to take you. So Earl texted me yesterday. He goes, hey, you preaching? I said, yep. He goes, good. Bring on the props. He texts back. I said, well, I'm bringing the big guns. He says, the bigger the better. So I hope you're proud, Earl. All right. So we're on the same page knowing that our words that come out of our mouth can be, give us one or the other, correct? And the damage that it can do is last a lifetime. So if you're using your words wrong, you might as well be just using one of these on somebody. Right? And if you're just, I don't know, one of these people just, what do they call that? Spraying and praying. You're just spraying vulgarity and hoping it hits somewhere. Does nothing, does no good, does more harm than it does good, right? Can you see that? My grandmother said, if you got nothing good to say, say nothing at all. Randy, can we get a shirt that says that? I want one. If you can't say nothing nice, nothing, say nothing at all. Granny said, Granny said, first verse, please. And you need, y'all need to read along with me, okay? Ready, set. This is, these are things that God says about our, this is right scripture from the Bible. I only got four. Okay, ready, set. Let's read. Does it say sometimes? Does it say, well, it's, it's good to do it when you're mad. It's okay. Or, or that time when you hit your hammer, with your, your thumb with the hammer. I'm talking to me too. I'm especially talking to me. I, if I'm holding, I'm, I could be up here with a mirror talking back at myself. So please don't think that I'm trying to be above anybody. I'm not. Next one, please. Okay, ready? When? Oh, Granny was smart, wasn't she? Oh, Granny was smart. She's got wisdom. So... You got nothing nice to say? Say nothing at all. The second, another verse. A soothing tongue speaks with words that build up and in the tree of life. Crush the spirit. 
how much more plain does it have to be? If you speak ill, if you gossip, if anything, it doesn't matter if there's only one person around or you, if ugly words come out of your mouth, you're crushing the spirit. Crushing the spirit. Lord, how many times have I crushed your spirit? I'm so... So humble. I'm missing a bunch of this, but it's okay. So do you know there's 37, do we have one more? Or is that it? All right. You go to blank. Oh, the clock, the last one. Yes, short. It's okay. Oh, I lost it. There it is. Do you know there's 33 miracles, 37 miracles that Jesus, Jesus made that are documented? And most of them, he just spoke. He didn't do anything. He didn't touch. He didn't do anything. You talk about a guy. Let's think about this. You think about I don't remember the water and the wine, how he did that. I don't know if he stirred his finger or what, but, you know, he called Lazarus forth. You know, Lazarus, come forth. He didn't go up to the tomb and kick the tomb or, you know, do any of this. He just says, Lazarus, come forth. Words. The same words that our God used to create the word. The same words that God gives us in his likeness, that us in his likeness to use. And if you want to do the long shot of all, is when the centurion came and said, Jesus, I have a, a servant who is lame. Man, he didn't know the rotation of the earth. He didn't know the atmosphere. He didn't know the density of the air. And he spoke those words, and it went right to where that servant needed to be. You talk about a good shot. Man, just when I was feeling good about myself, I don't know. I got to see it. He didn't even see it. But he spoke it. Cast your net on the other side of the boat. And they're going, yeah, we've been out here all night. Cast your net on the other side of the boat. You know the rest of the story. 37 of them recorded, and most of them are done with just, just the words. So, I'm asking like a brother to, to take the severity of your words, dig into God's message. I'm just here to kick you around a little bit, kick you, you know, wake you up a little bit. Because Muskegon's worth it. And if we aren't good stewards of the word and good stewards of his faith and good stewards of him, Muskegon's going to see it and walk away. With the revival that's happening, it will never happen if we're not proper. You know, this is where we need to get plugged back in. When I say plugged in, Holy Spirit, plug me back in, get, get our growth going. Get plugged back in.
and miracles will happen. Things will happen. And, and I have proof of that. I'm, I'm going to share some stories with you to prove this because this is my life and it's the only one I have reflection on that I can tell you why. When you get plugged into the Holy Spirit, you get your words lined up. No matter where, you think, well, Kurt, how think, can things happen? I'm not a pastor. Uh, I wasn't a pastor either. Just because you have a title doesn't mean you can do more. It doesn't. It just means that you're helping other people do more as well. You're trying to get them to, do, to rise above and go out into the, in the community. That's what a right pastor does. And the sheep aren't ours, they're the Lord's. We're just here to tend them. So, you're thinking, well, what can I do now? I'm not, you know, I'm not, you are. The Lord will work with you where you are at. And I can remember, I'll go to this, 22 plus years ago, there was a friend of mine who was in the hospital. His kidneys were failing and they thought they would have to remove him because he was drinking himself to death. Dawn and I were getting our lives right. I went up to him. I met him and his mom in the hospital. Unbeknownst to him, I prayed for him. I said, Lord, this is my friend. I don't know what to do. You know, can you help him? That was about the extent of my prayer. But I believed. Now, you know, Don, like I just told Don and I were just getting ourselves right back. And I'm telling you, that guy's alive today. He's alive. Actually, he's sitting right there. And uh, God gets the glory, not me. I, you know, I don't want none of it. I'm just telling you. He used me where I was at. He used me where I was at with what I had to give. Let's go a little bit longer. There's another friend of mine, drunken. Dawn calls me and says, hey, this person's in the hospital. So what's he in the hospital for? They said, I don't know, he's in a critical condition, so whatever else. And right then, the, the Lord put the corkscrew into me and said, you need to go to the hospital. You need to go pray for him. I'm like, I've never been to the hospital. You know, I don't, you know, especially in ICU, who am I? You know, I'm not a preacher. They won't let me in. So I make it to the hospital, and his mom and dad tell me, He's on a breather. He can't breathe. His leg is shattered in four places. His other arm is shattered. His ribs are shattered. His jaws, something's wrong with his jaw. He's had such brain trauma that they don't think he's going to be a vegetable his whole life. I said, well, and, and I'm telling you, when I went, they got me in to see him, and when I saw him, I was shocked at what I saw. I, I didn't prepare myself well. Well, the Lord showed up. And when I started praying for him, the Holy Ghost came out. I almost fell off. And I remember putting, his head was swelled about, I'm telling you like that. And they had tubes draining stuff out of him from on one side of him and the other side. And he was, and here's this machine going, Psh! And 
Now, if that don't take you out of your skin, then something should. And I remember, and I, you know, we're just, Don and I just living life. I'm working 60 plus hours trying to make a penny, and, you know, we ain't doing nothing special. But we're plugging into God. We're trying to get our lives right. You know, we're doing what we think's right. We're going the right way. You know, we're just trying to be accountable. You know, we got further in life. And I put one hand on my on his head. And I put one hand on his chest as light as I could so I wouldn't cause any more damage to what was already been done. And the Lord showed up. And all I was was a was a tool. The nurse came in and says, if you don't be quiet, we're going to kick you out. I'll be done in a minute, is what I told her, something like that. And so I remember telling his dad, I said, feel, feel my hands, they're hot. And when he felt them, he said, they're, he, he was like, wow, they're hot, they're hot. Those are hot. I'm like, yeah, I know. And I could just, it's like I took them out of the oven, they were hot. And so I went home, talked to Dawn. I got a hold of a, a prayer blanket. And me and a couple other people, we anointed it with oil and so forth. And I said, I'm going to bring this up to him because I'm going to cover him with the, cover him with the spirit. And I went up the next day. And when I, I was coming down the hallway and turning into the ICU waiting area, and his mom and his dad are like, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. So what's a miracle? They took his breathing tube out. His eyes are open. <laughs> they said he wouldn't have a memory. He remembers more than I remember. I call him up. I go, hey, what, you remember this? He goes, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. So I brought that to him in he couldn't talk because it was his throat. I laid that blanket on him and I explained to him what it was. And he's all broke up. He's laying, hardly can move. And I can still see it today. He reaches up and wants to hug like a baby. God will use you where you're at if you let him. So, fast forward a little bit more. Pastor Ken and I are in Ohio. We're at World Harvest. We're, in, we're going through our classes, getting ready to launch our church. and We're meeting people and we're building relationships. And there's this lady named Shirley that is like the Sergeant Shirley is what we nicknamed her. And... Uh, she was in charge of seating and overseeing the people who did the seating and ushers and stuff. And she was so forth. Well, one story with that, we, we had World Harvest, actually we had um, wristbands on, uh, City Harvest wristbands on, both Ken and I. And we were looking for a place to seat. So we were not special. We just wanted to be, be in the environment. And um, we went to sit down and she came right up to us. And now she's only about yeah, tall to me, but she's full of it. And she said, you can't sit there. And we said, okay, where can we sit? Well, you got to go back there. And, and Ken goes, Pastor Ken goes, back there. And then the band was exposed. 
she goes, oh, your shitty harvest? Oh, you, no, no, you can sit here. And she changed everything. She moved. She pulled some stuff out, and we sit right here. She, her whole attitude changed. We weren't trying to get anybody else. So Pastor Ken and I went, and we met with some other pastors, and we had some prayer time, and we come back, and some other people were sitting where we were sitting, and everything that we had in there, our Bibles and stuff, were about where John's foot's at, right outside the... And uh, I reached down and picked him up, and... Uh, the lady goes, yeah, the lady's girl that was sitting there says, you can't sit here, this is our seats. Okay. I said, uh, she told us to sit there. They went like this. Oh, she did? They got up and left. Okay? I only tell you this because this is who this girl was, this lady was. So why we're there, and we're being launched with eight other churches at the same time around the world, around the United States, is... I would always text her, say, hey, I need my hug, you know, and she'd, she'd, you know, we're coming in, I want my hug, and she'd save a seat, she'd find some seats where she because, you know, we don't want to be somebody, we just want to be, you know, we just want to feel the anointing and get refilled in. And uh, her sister texted me back and said, uh, Shirley's in the hospital, she's in the ICU. They don't expect her to live. And if she does live, she will not, she will be a vegetable. Well, some of those words that somebody had put in her head a long time ago, Satan used and used against her. And she overdosed. So the person that I was sitting next to asked what was going on, and you know, I was kind of a little bit up, a little bit emotional, I guess. Showed it in my face and I said what happened and they said, uh, both two people from two other churches, you need to go. You need to go right now. I said, but, you know, should somebody from the congregation go? I said, no, you need to go. Pastor Ken and I went through this hospital. They never stopped us. They never asked. They just gave us directions. Everybody in the hospital said, yep, you just go. You know, we'll bring you right up in ICU. So Pastor Ken and I went. And um, we witnessed to the family, and um, we prayed over her, and that same heat that was in, the Lord used me, that same heat that was in my hands was transferred to her that he needed to be. And she had a son that didn't want anything to do with Ken or I. And when we were going to leave the room, the son stopped in the doorway as I was leaving. I mean, stu- and I couldn't get past him. He stood right there. And he just put the whole body hug on me and started to cry. The Lord had things for me to say to him that went to my lips to his ear. I don't know what they were. But this was a puddle of snot and tears. Some were mine, mostly his. Mine were more here. And uh, I believe, I know at one time he was in Harvard, Harvard Bible College and he was doing well. Okay. Her sister met me at the door and said all the negative things that you 
And I said to her, I don't believe it. That's not what we're here for. You will not talk like that again. The next day we were called after we dro drove back home here in Michigan. And the breathing tubes are out. She's sitting up in bed, and she wants to tell you and Pastor, Ch Pastor Ken, thank you for coming and seeing her. God will use you where you're at. You staff to stay plugged in and keep your words right. So we'll fast forward a little bit so everybody knows. You remember Kathleen? She's homesick. She thinks she has the flu. Dawn and I went to see her. And uh, we visited her a little bit. Bob and Margaret helped us. Everybody stay in touch with what was going on, and they did a wonderful job, but we went seeing Kathleen, and we talked to her for a while, and we prayed for her, and, you know, she was getting tired, so we thought we'd better leave a little bit, and leave so she could, you know, rest, and I say this is Kathleen, I had walked past Kathleen, we said our goodbyes, and the Holy Spirit stopped me, I went back about, the, about that far, didn't I, Dawn? About that far? I grabbed her feet. I started playing with her toes. I said, Lord, touch her from her head to her toes. Heal her, Lord. She didn't realize that she didn't have any feeling in her toes. And they took her in. And when the nurse came in just after we left, they took her in for surgery, didn't they, Bob? Because her spinal fluid was leaking. Is that right? And correct me if I'm wrong, if they wanted to, she wouldn't have told the nurse that that was actually going on, she would have wanted a good chance that she would not have been here today. Call it circumstance? I don't call it circumstance. Your words are right, you're plugged in, God will use you. No matter where you're at. I just shared things from 22 years ago to, to present just to show you, not that I'm anybody better. I'm, I'm, I'm not. But I try to stay plugged in and he'll, if you play, stay plugged in, he'll work with you too. He'll work with you wherever you're at. Whew. Out of the mouth, out of the abundance of the mouth, your heart will speak. What are you filling your heart with? In wrapping this up, you've heard me. If we're not a good, good steward of what the Lord's wanting, Jesus in the streets will fail. For the new people that are here, we have a ministry called Jesus in the Streets. We go out every week and we minister to the um, all places here in Muskegon. We'll pray for them. Sometimes we have food. Sometimes we have other things. And, and, uh, but we go out and minister. We pray and help wherever we can weekly. And we have, sometimes we end up, we, we're all over. Wherever. We've got the two vans out there. We've got a, like a small bus that sits 16, 16, 15. And we've got a 15 passenger van that we just purchased. And those are full and people are in cars following behind us. And we're going out this weekend. Where are we going? The 29th? 29th. 
29th right here at McLeod. And uh, so we're making, we're making a difference for Muskegon. And that's where our heart is. We are a church that goes outward, not inward. Just so, you know, I felt pressed on my heart to say that. But if we don't have our words right, we're not filled up, we'll, we'll, that will die. So, in closing, is there anybody here that wants to do an altar call and turn their life back over to God, over to Christ? Anybody? These altars are open for you if you feel the need to get closer to God. Gracie? Yep. All the things that somebody has said to you don't mean nothing. They have no impact on your life. Quit believing them. Quit this day. quit this day. They have no hold on you. You're a child of God. You're made in his image. Do you believe it? Say it. Louder. I believe it. With meaning. I believe it. We love you. The church loves you. God loves you. You wouldn't have moved. I wouldn't have called you out. You did it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So the altars are open if you need to get closer to God. If you need to just fill that void that's there, he's here waiting for you. Heavenly Father, I just bless these people as they're coming in, Lord, and they're going out. We bless them with you, Lord. We bless them with the with your creation and your your anointing, and, and we, mm, Lord, we just give them your life and no death. In your name, amen. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.